0: But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer. All lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. You're listening to DraftKings Network.
1: It's a beautiful
0: All right, we're very excited. We are out here in a building I just learned the name of, the Irish Athletic Complex on the indoor here. I didn't
1: know that either. I just called it the indoor facility.
0: I got a text from Katie Lonergan, who's the wonderful sports information director here, saying where we were going to come do this interview, and I had to try and play it cool like I knew exactly where we were going only to be guided to a different spot when I got here today. But uh, the location is less important than who we're with. Very excited <laughs> uh, to sit down with current Notre Dame quarterback Sam Hartman
2: Sam, what's going on, man. Nothing much. I appreciate you guys having me, and yeah, the IAC. Did you know it? it? I I learned it probably like a month ago when they were sending out. Like, but they were like, "Oh, we're gonna be in the IAC," and I'm like, "Like, oh, the, the Yeah, okay. All right, I'll see you guys there. It's just,
1: <laughs> it, is it a matter of of acting like you know, and then just following people? 100 oh, percent. You just kind of yeah.
2: play tag along, and you, you know, you're trying to be a leader, but then you you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's go, guys. All right, now we're going. All right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, what's that been like? Because you're a, you're in your sixth year in college football, and in some ways, it's almost like being a freshman again. I imagine.
2: No, for sure. And that was kind of the the joke of the spring was you know coming out. I felt it's my sixth spring. Oh, it's going to be a piece of cake. Like everything's going to roll smooth. And then you're like, oh my goodness, I feel I feel like a little kid out here because you're running. You go through five years like it's it's the same spring ball. You're you know where what you know, hash you're running to for Indy, what hash you're running to for RVA, what ha- like everywhere on the field, the exact number when you start seven on seven, like you're almost running before everyone else is because you've been doing it for so long. And um you come here and you're kind of like a deer in headlights. And then also it's a new offense and you're playing a defense with, you know, Coach Golden, where it's comp like they had, you know, they were installed, they're, they're rolling, you know, 10 defenses at you every single time. And um, but it was great because it kind of, you know, baptism by fire. And then you learned. And as as I would say, we progressed. And each spring practice got better and better. And, again, like spring ball before that, you, we had probably a month where we, one, knew who our OC was and knew the direction we wanted to head as an offense and got time to throw on top of rolling through Coach Bayless's strength program. <laughs> like, it was... It's a, it was a challenge, but also it helped us a lot. Yeah,
0: I mean, what was that like for you? you? You get ready and make the decision to come over here. And I guess first starting there from the beginning and going forward, you spend five years at Wake Forest. You set a whole bunch of ACC records. You've got an unbelievable career there at a place where you stuck it out through some early adversity. What made this the right time to finally make a move for you?
2: Um, I think I knew I wasn't ever going to go back and it was nothing to do with Wake, it was nothing to do with the offense, it was nothing to do with anyone there. You know, I have the utmost respect for Wake Forest and everything that they, you know, they stuck with me through a lot of, you know, bad play, good play, everything in between. Um, and I had a lot of great memories, great friends through that whole process. Um, coach Claussen, I'm forever indebted to. You know, he he was the reason I stayed. When I was a sophomore and lost a job, he pulled me aside and and Talk me through the the entire process of what he expected from me from here on out, and then um, I think the decision was NFL or go back to school and you know try and play at a, a place like this um, and experience something that you kind of only dream of. I was a like a low level recruit um, and play at a place like this and the opportunity that they were you know given to me, and you know I just was hoping to take take the most of it. And I think the biggest thing and. Um, it's been a while, and it's unbelievably hot in the IC. I think you can feel. Yeah, it <laughs> sweating. Yeah. yeah, like I'm nervous. No, but it's just <laughs> hot. I might take my sweatshirt off. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I think another thing was I've seen so many guys in college go to the NFL and never play football again, and I thought one of the best ways to play again was go to col- go, stay in college, go back, and. Um, and try and you know play one more year and it wasn't guaranteed i was coming in to compete um i knew that um but felt really good about that opportunity and so that's a really big part of it
1: well in all honesty when we heard you were coming here we didn't think there was going to be much competition for you to, to be qb1 and as it turned out you know that's exactly where you are and notre dame has been looking for that quarterback that can throw for for a few years now before we get to what can happen here and what it can do for you going forward. Let's go back. You mentioned you, you weren't highly recruited yet. Here you are as one of, I think, at that point, five true freshman quarterbacks. And you're starting from day one. So take us back to a few years now. Take yeah. us back to that and just that feeling of this 18-year-old and all of a sudden you're stepping on the field starting. Um, I think it was just uh, luck
2: part of it. Like Part of it was just the way it went and the, the luck of the draw. You know, those last three years, I really hang my hat on the fact that I kind of understood that as a quarterback, everybody's counting on you. And it's not just, oh, I got to show up and play. It's you got to show up and be a leader. You got to execute. You got to understand what everyone's doing, when everyone's doing it, and know that the person who's opening that gate for you to walk into the game three hours before counts on you.
1: It's, it's interesting. In today's world, we see guys transferring pretty quickly. And and, and they they get they get knocked sometimes they get knocked sometimes for doing that of saying, oh, stay, you know, "the stay and, and handle the competition. But I know Mike and I've always been, hey, you, you go where you think your opportunity is going to be. So you mentioned that, so freshman year you start, you get hurt at the end of it, and then sophomore year, you're, you're a backup. Mm-hmm. How close were you, if you were, to maybe jumping in the portal at that point?
2: I mean, I think I was, there, it was a lot of thought. Um, I think it was, I knew I wasn't gonna do it during the year. I felt like, you know, I was too, like somebody, you know, injuries can happen um somebody could go down um I think I was more just disappointed um I think it was a lot of self-reflection that involved that I really didn't understand at the time it took me a while to kind of look back and realize and when I talk to young guys about hey how do you handle a competition how do you handle um you know really competing like when me and Tyler competed in the fall or the spring and um I think it helped me there and it also helped each other like I think um it's very easy to just look at the other person and wonder what are they doing? Why are they doing it? Are they doing more than me? Are they doing less than me? Instead of just being like, all right, I have these X, Y, and Z I got to complete. And if I do that, I'll be ready to go. It doesn't matter what the other person's doing. I can't control it. And I felt like I just focused too much on what the other person was doing, how they were being received by the team um, and didn't really focus on myself. And I played horribly in my 2019 spring. I was coming back from a broken leg, but that, Really had no it was just more like i was so focused on everything else that i wasn't focused on myself and um basically what from one week one to five i was a non-factor i was checked out i was you know just kind of trying to really just get by and then figure out what i was going to do by the end of the year Mm. and um so i was very selfish and um you know coach clausen brought me aside Mm. one of the days we just went and grabbed lunch um up in rinaldo gardens never forget it and it's it's this little pathway you walk and um you know i'm the whole time i'm thinking what was me like they don't like you know i had a you know i played as a freshman i can do this and i had i couldn't i wasn't ready i wasn't big enough i wasn't strong enough um i didn't know the offense well enough at that point to to lead a team to do what we wanted to do um and he kind of just illustrated to me that nothing changes in your goals in your life that you're not starting as a sophomore you still i still at that point would have had well five six years yeah yeah yeah, but but at that point it was still going to be I would still have the three years because they were going to redshirt me and they did an incredible job with that mm-hmm. it wouldn't be here if they right. cause most schools don't handle that for it was that four yep. game rule yep. and they you know there was times where they could have just thrown me in for a play and it would have completely screwed up my um redshirt rule and so Again, forever grateful for that and that conversation that we had led to me. The next week, um, our starter went down halfway through the game. We went in, we ended up losing, but played. You know, I wouldn't have played as well as I played. And then, you know, I ended up playing three more games after that and had to play the week after against Florida State. We won that. That was the first time um, we had beaten Florida State and beat them the next three years. Like bragging about that. There you go. Um, (laughs) and, And so that was something that like I took pride in and really the to wrap it up is at the end of the year we always did senior talks and I know you guys probably remember your senior talks and the ones that really stuck with you the guys that you kind of looked up to and I had a running back Kate Carney I played with in high school that went to Wake so we got to play three years together from his senior year and my sophomore year and then Hmm. his last two years we played together and um, he just talked about commitment and talked about um, what it meant to him to play with play with the guys and play with the guy, you know, to his right, to his left, and, and all, everyone, you know, from the red, you know, the walk-on freshman to the, the six-year senior, right? right. It's all, um, he put it in perspective of just how valuable commitment is. And and, um, and I, I took that to heart and I said, I committed to Wake for four years and I'm gonna give him four and end up giving him five. Um, and that was kind of where my piece lied when I made a decision to go to a different school because I knew that, and those five years I gave everything I could. And again, they luckily, you know, accepted me and kept me around for that long. And it was a prolific run for both of you guys. And there was a lot of success
0: for you individually, a lot of success for the team. One of the things you mentioned in in this decision to come here, you said it wasn't the offense. And I think a lot of people have become accustomed because of you to that Wake Forest offense. Everyone hears the term slow mesh. I always described it as it's kind of like asking the quarterback to operate a bit from a straight jacket. You're really holding to the last second to make that decision. But that's me describing it from 30,000 feet. From your standpoint as the guy in there, how would you bet Best describe what was so unique about that offense from your vantage point.
2: Um, I mean, I think it was the guys that I mean, you know, Coach R did an incredible job of coaching it, and and um, the vision is is always there. I mean, it just it at that we never we had a play; it was never um, we didn't really scheme, we didn't really, and that's nothing against Coach. R, it's all that his mastermind of that work and that play. It, it he prepared us for everything, and so you knew every single play that you were going to go out and know exactly. If this happens if this defense you knew no matter what this is like we have answers um and so that was probably the coolest part was just his dedication to basically giving us all the answers to the tests that we needed. So every week we'd go out and feel prepared. And then a lot of it was just got, I mean, the unbelievable job that Coach Higgins did there, the receiver coach um, of just recruiting just great players. And it was all all around, like they're not just great athletes. They're not just great in the film room. They were all around just utility guys that could make unbelievable plays. Um, And that was something that was, you know, fun for me now being here is I get to kind of almost restart those relationships and try and build and grow. Um, But yeah, I think it was largely just him giving us enough answers and me enough freedom to go play. And, um, you know, the numbers I felt like spoke for themselves.
1: So, you know, Mike and I obviously were at different teams, whether it was in in college or in in the pro. So you have to learn different you know playbooks whether mm-hmm. it's defense offensive line for me defensive line and we always talk about what a quarterback has to go through and the changes it's like a different language for them so talk about that you were in that offense for so long and then you come to this offense here which is which is so different and from the verbiage to the play on the field how, how how do you how do you see it
2: yeah i mean i think um it really starts like we were just like the qb's all the coaches are on vacation right now so we just had a we go from the base, it's just really starting from the ground up. And, um, you know, it helps having a lot of just football knowledge. But again, it's like you're saying, it's a completely different language that you have to speak here. And it's really just more how well can we mesh up as coaches to players, players to coaches, and speak the same language. Um, Because, again, like at the end of the day, if the corner blitzes, if I just say, hey, the corner blitz, we all know it's a corner blitz. Like maybe you call it a cat, maybe you call it Cobra, whatever, C4, like all. Like, you know it's the corner yep. um and so those are the big things that you kind of um you can streamline that and i think they do a great they've they been doing are doing a great job at just streamlining it like i speak a different language than them but they know when i say hey the corner blitzed or they clouded the boundary they know what that is um and so that was kind of like we had a meeting today just the quarterbacks we have like quizzes and we go over defensive like we're or, you know we're teaching the young guys like hey this is you know, this is what an underfront is. This is what an overfront is. This is a chi. This is not. This is okie. Um, and just getting everybody on the same page because, it, like, you can call, you know, cross crossbug, You call it Bama X. You can call it whatever you want. As long as we know that yeah. you know the two linebackers inside blitz, then, then we're good to go. And um, and that was the, kind of the funny part about the meeting is we get this pamphlet like this big and it's got every stunt, every coverage, every um, backer pressure, double backer pressure, every corner safety, and they're like you're we, supposed to and i'm like well who all right so the play happens and they brought the corner what are you going to say to me on the phone when the coach asked well the corner blitzed hey was it cloud of the bat and so that part of it um makes it a little bit easier and then like going to the offensive side of it um yeah it's really just memorization it's like how bad do you want to know how well do you want to know it and um you know locking yourself in a dark room and just sitting there <laughs> and just studying and studying and like formations and signals it's just That's a want to at the end of the day.
0: Well, and you've got that approach being a veteran player. And what you just described there, I think for a lot of people, is not the first thing that a young player would think about is, how am I going to communicate this when it's live bullets during game day? How do we go about that? I had four position coaches in five years, and so the spring game was always a big learning experience. That was our first crack of, well, how are we going to communicate when it's actually happening versus what we see in that dark meeting room there? For you, you came here anticipating doing that with a different person at first. You came here when Tommy Reese was still the offensive coordinator, or had committed here, I should say, to come and play, and that conversation had started. And then all of a sudden, the news comes out that Tommy's heading to Alabama. What was that like for you, experiencing and seeing that news play out after it had already been discussed, you coming here and being a part of this offense with him at the helm?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think um, it was more a unique experience and cool experience. I think, um, like, Um, Again, I'm like reference your guys playing years, but again, every year, every team you've been on, you can remember those teams where you're like, man, like that was a brother, that was a real team. Right, I can think of all five of the years, probably my last three were the most like, and really that 2021 where we made a big run was like the most brotherhood. And again, it was right off of COVID. You went through a really tough time together. We got our, our butts kicked for, Basically a year straight, and really the whole world did. Um, and then after that, we all kind of came together, and I think that brought us one as a QB unit, and then as an offense together, um, where we kind of had to just block the noise and, and understand that you know Coach Freeman and the staff were going to get us in the right situation and get the right people around us, and um, and then we just had to roll with it. And it, yeah, it, it sucked, and you know it's you're not the, you not know, to we're going to sugarcoat it, but yeah, again it's it's life. Like you said, you had four position coaches, like. Yeah. That was my first coaching change. I was blessed at Wake that we had the same, same offensive staff my entire five years, no changes. Wow! It's just something unheard of. Wow. And so that, um, it was different, but again, you, we, me, I always remember me and Kenny Minchie, the mid-year quarterback, he's now, he's his freshman year. We both were kind of studying at the same pace because again, we're both come in we're learning. And then we you know for almost a month we're lulled to sleep of like okay we don't know who's gonna be the oc do we keep studying the notre dame stuff do we not we're all just sitting around and then when they you know hired gp we were like and we could have been studying this until <laughs> we could have been just kept rolling. But, again, human nature, you're just like, well, I mean, I'm not going to study for a test I yeah. might not have to take. Right, right. But, um, so.
0: but there was never any doubt for you. That never changed your thought process about being here or wanting to be the quarterback of this team?
2: No, no. I think, um, again, it kind of goes back to that senior talk when you're a sophomore and, and uh, you know, eons ago for me and um i think that that was something just that commitment and and again it was the brotherhood it was a locker room that we kind of brought together and you know our our whatever um ward that we have with the locker room it's the o-line and those guys i mean it's so cool to see they're the biggest goofballs you ever meet but when that football gets put down when that weight gets put on like the video you just saw zeke right he's the biggest you know goofball i've ever met but when that thing when the ball gets snapped when it's time to go it doesn't matter how many reps we're doing he's He's attacking. He's locked in, and it's it's incredible to be a part of something like that.
1: When you went into the portal, because it's so transfer isn't new, but the amount of people are right. going to portals is one thing. I, I don't know how how is it is it like recruiting all over again? Like when you were eighteen, what what was the process like?
2: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like when I was eighteen because I didn't get recruited that hard. So <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> the, na- the names and the DMs were a little bit bigger, a little bit flashier. Um, but yeah, it was very similar. Um, you know, coaches reach out to you and they're like, hey, we'd love to get you on a visit. You know, I'd love to get on the phone. Um, and again, it was kind of like something that, you know, my family, my agent, we all kind of had narrowed down once, you know, the season was over of like, okay, these are the schools that make sense. Um, these are schools that don't make sense. And then there was also the talk of just, hey, declare, you know, you've done the college thing. Let's, again, go give it a shot. I believe I can play in the NFL. Didn't know, you know, I wasn't going to probably maybe get drafted late unsigned, but again, people have done it. Um, and so that was, it was kind of that. And then we kind of knew, okay, these are the schools that we're going to look at. And um, kind of the cards fell to Notre Dame just based on, it was similar. Um, I think the locker rooms are very similar. And I think that that was something that I kind of banked on. I felt like um, to be able to come into a locker room like this with the, the culture that I've, I've I heard about and kind of understood to be, um, and it all stood true. And so
0: coming into that locker room, and you talked about this a little bit at the beginning, you walk into this situation, you go through that, like you said, Coach Parker ends up getting named to the job, and then you're in competition with a guy in Tyler Buckner, who battled through his own adversity this last season and overcame that with the great bowl performance there. What was that like for you? you? Talked about dealing with it at Wake Forest, but walking into the situation where you're going up against a guy that had been here as you get into your first spring in South Bend?
2: Um, I think it was, I mean, Tyler made it great. And I, I hope, you know, he, I think he says the same where well, we work together. I mean, I think, you know, I've been in competitions where they don't work together. I've been in competitions where you do. And I pick the one where you do nine times out of 10 because it, mm-hmm. it only helps you. Because uh, at the end of the day, like, there can only be one, and everyone knows that. Um, so you to be to like beat around that bush of oh like you know we're gonna share this like we know that there's animosity yep. we know that yeah. you want it and you, I know that I want it um, and so I think that we just did a really good job and you know Coach Freeman set that precedence that we're it's you guys got to grow together. Um, and so we, I mean, there was never a time I don't know if I've ever like felt any animosity toward him, and I, I don't believe that he did either. I think, you know, we both kind of knew it was going to be an awkward situation. And um, at the end of the day, like he, um, I mean, he played extremely well, and I think that um, it's just an opportunity that he got that you really can't turn down. And I we still talk. We were just texting before I walked over here. We have a group chat still with me, him, and Steve. And. Um, again it's all it's always love and it was love from the beginning which I didn't expect and didn't anticipate um but again it it was very um very appreciated of what how he handled it and how he handled treated me and again the entire team just kind of embracing that we had two guys and two guys that could win you know high level football games and again it just kind of the way it
1: settled it settled you know by the way you can't control what the other person does anyway so right. I yeah. mean, <laughs> when was or what was that moment like or Take us through the moment of when was it Coach Parker, was it Coach Freeman who said you're you're the guy?
2: Yeah, I mean I think um you know the spring game went really well and yeah. I felt really, you know, really <laughs> pleased. Um and I, I feel like there it kind of turned. Um I think um where I played well and and it kinda felt like, you know, you walk <laughs> through the locker room and you kinda guys are looking at you a little bit differently. And um, I think that it was enough time where people realize, you know, who I am, what I do, how I operate and uh, I mean, I still try and treat it as you know, I'm still competing, and um, but it was, it's a surreal moment. I think you, like hearing it come out of your guy's mouth, it's always like a, kind of like, okay, you know, this is this is real deal, and it's um, something that I take pride in, something that I try and every single day, you know, prove myself to. You know the coaches prove myself to my teammates, prove myself to whoever needs to be proven to, but mostly myself that I'm, you know, the guy for this job, and I'm going to do everything that it kind of takes to to get to that point.
0: It's definitely stood out. So it's the road that got you here to this, and now you get ready to walk forward, and you're now part of the face of this program along with Coach Freeman, who's going into his second year for you. You had Coach Clausen for so long. What stuck out about Marcus Freeman through the early going of being coached by him?
2: um i mean i think just again like i it's always cool to be around people who are consistent like you uh like consistency is is key i think in life and everything you do like you can't be this rah rah and then a low guy or you can't be a low guy and then become a rah-rah guy because guys see right through it um and there's times you you know your your heart rate's got a spike and there's times where you got to cool yourself down but um i think that he does a good job but just being the same guy right he's again you guys see him as you know, Coach Freeman, one of the best looking head coaches in college football, <laughs> yeah. type deal, right? He's always put, you know, white shoes, well dressed, great smile. And, um, I mean, he's, again, he's just coached us. And, um, you know, I think our relationship grows, you know, every day. And I, he's awesome about just having an open door policy where you see him around. And, again, it's, I've heard of schools where, you know, that's, it's not like that. And, um, I think that's I'm really grateful for is I can just go in whenever and say, hey, coach, I got a problem with this. Hey, coach, I like this. I don't like this. And, you know, again, sometimes he's like, well, yeah, that's how it's going to be. And then, you know, a lot of the times it's we we work through it. And um, and it's it's just been cool. I know he's got all his kids and, you know, the way he handles that and um, again, the social the social pressure that he has of being the Notre Dame head coach like I think those two positions, my position, his position are the two positions where it's very hard to find people that relate to it. Um, I think that, you know, for him and I, we have a kind of a unique situation where we both kind of get that every single day you're having like thousands to sometimes millions of people. Looking at you, judging you, um, and we can relate to that on a on a really high level.
1: Well, quite honestly, you guys are the best quarterback head coach duo in college football. We we brought that up. Oh, when it about... comes to
2: best looking, best looking.
1: I was yes. going say,
0: have you are you aware? Because yeah. you mentioned that with Marcus, are you aware of all the online thirst that you get from this it's fan unreal. base?
2: Yeah, um, I try and avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's.
0: I know, it's, I know you've uh, got a wonderful girlfriend from your time at Wake Forest, a great well, soccer player, all that. So but let's, let's it's, just uh, say it's, it's, it's a lot of noise out there in the Notre Dame community along so.
1: those lines. (laughs) because we have talked about how you guys are the best looking head coach quarterback duo in the country and we both have beards so what's the what's what's the secret to the beard you got you got product you put in the beard
2: good genetics i don't know (laughs) i I, I mean i sometimes will get it trimmed up or cleaned up but sometimes some days it looks really good some days it doesn't and um you know i think i'm gonna roll with it well i think it goes all the way back to you had those pictures that basically look peaky blinders-esque
0: before what was the story behind that was that a photo shoot that wake forest did with you and you just happened to choose the hat
2: like um we went down we had uh we do like the acc media day oh, and so okay. the first year i kind of kept it pretty simple did like an all gray um suit and then you know going to that year i you know fell in love with peaky blinders <laughs> the entire show thomas shelby great show um, my dog my mom just named our new dog a great Dane, and i think my mom will be watching she is watching she will be watching um she Big fan, by the way. Shout out, moms, all out there. But my mom's the best. Um, I love you, mom. And she <laughs> a boy. she named she named her the dog Polly from so Really? Wow. Yeah, oh, so that's that, awesome. All in. And so it was just kind of like a, one of those deals where um, you know I really enjoyed the show. Thought it would be a cool look to try and pull off, and and then eventually it kind of was one of those deals where I kind of played off it when I got hurt um, of him kind of being close to his death and then
1: surviving it. So it was it kind of worked out. There we go.
2: Art imitating life.
1: Uh, Exactly. So you mentioned Marcus and what he goes through as the head coach of Notre Dame. But as you're going to find out, many people love Notre Dame and many people hate Notre Dame. But Notre Dame always gets talked about. We always compare it like with the Yankees or the Lakers and the Cowboys as, as that kind of America thing. So even though you haven't played in a game yet, you're the starting quarterback at Notre Dame. What what has that been like out in the public life?
2: Um I mean it's it's unique, you know, we it's different. Um you know you have people outside of the locker room. You have you know but I know before practices there's media out there and for some schools that's normal for me it was new. Um I mean I think it's always the same, you know, you always you treat everything like somebody's watching and life is pretty easy. Um I think the thing that can happen is if you just get caught up in you know either Reading it too much or reading none of it, you gotta you gotta know that what's out there and how how it's being handled and what you do every single day can basically make or bake break your image. Um, and it, it sometimes gets rough, but again, like I kind of like the analogy that if your 12 year old self, you could go talk to them, and you tell them what you're doing at this point in your life, and um you know he'd love to be signing autographs love to be taking pictures wherever he goes love to not really be able to go out in public and not be recognized um so it's all you know a give and take relationship but um again i wouldn't trade it for the world because i know at at points in my life i've you know been like oh i gotta do this or i gotta but again there's millions of people that would Mm -hmm. love to be in this situation and again trying to keep that perspective and it's easy at being old you know I know that um, <laughs> yeah. younger younger me wouldn't have had that insight and yeah. so that's the one positive. I've seen throughout this and and
0: I know for Marcus when he came in he said he solicited a lot of advice from old mentors of his coaches that he had been around here I, I've been with you I, You know you got to interact with Jimmy Clausen a little bit along the road here at our event over the weekend you know Brady Quinn was there Dane Chris, my old roommate here were there any of those guys whether it was old quarterbacks from around here or mentors in your life that you kind of reached out to to try and pick the brain on what this experience in particular is like?
2: Yeah, I think it all kind of aligns that like what you guys kind of said, that there's just um, there's nothing like it. And I think that um, there's going to be a lot of hate and there's going to be a lot of love. Um, And it kind of relies on this fact of just staying consistent to who you are. I think there's, um, you know, Jimmy Clausen kind of was talking about it, just you have no idea how big it can get. Um, but also how fast it can go away. Um, And I think that that was a pretty impactful statement of just understanding that like, it's, you know, they're gonna be cheering you praise when you win. And, you know, if, you know, you play bad or whatever, then they're gonna be the same people that aren't, you know, cheering you praise very much. And and again, that kind of goes without, like even at Wake, it was like that you, and some of it was more on social media, I'm sure here, because there's more people, it'll be probably in your face and in person. Um, And so I think that it's just, again, every day, Knowing what I have to do, work in my routine, and you know being comfortable in the fact that I'm doing enough personally and then everyone else around me believes in me trusts in me and i trust in them and we just continue to roll
1: so we've gone all this way and we wanted to build up probably the most in, in, most important question is it true that your sports knowledge comes from your mother watching mike and mike
2: it is all the time? everything <laughs> yeah growing up growing up in the morning we we're in the kitchen i'd sit on the high chairs eating breakfast and mike and mike would be on at, without fail and i kid you not my mom cried i more than I've ever seen her cry when that show ended. So I do appreciate the memories of the, the growing up because like my mom watched, she probably be tearing up that I'm even this close to you. I kid you not, like you are a legend in our household. So- Did you
1: say in your high chair? Like, uh, Like, at like the bar, like at the bar store. Oh, like I'm thinking. At, wait a minute. I, I'm I, like, you're not, was, I'm like, wait. I'm not that old. And you're not that young. I was I, like, hold.
0: <laughs> I always joke that you're the last generation of kids that were like force-fed Mike and Mike yeah, when they were for, growing yeah. up. Like yeah. you all had that on in the car right now, so yeah. you get to. You had really no choice, kind of like I did. I always joke. I had it on in the car because Mom was going to let us listen to anything else. So you managed to survive it somehow and still end up well adjusted. That's <laughs> <No>, great. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Well, Sam. We appreciate all the yeah. time here, man. We hope you've enjoyed South Bend. I mean, it's very different than, you know, you're from North Carolina, went to Wake. What's the Midwest adjustment
2: been like for you overall? The spring was rough. You yeah. know, the spring was long and and cloudy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah the per- <laughs> the perma cloud's an the adjustment. The perma cloud, yes. It was an adjustment. As I was told, um, you know, the snow boots were worn a lot. Um, and the spring game wasn't the best weather, right? We kind of got that uh-huh. was the short end of the stick on that. But. Uh, no, it's been great. I mean, I I think you know my mom's from Michigan, so kind of knew. She kind of was telling me, hey, you realize where you're you're headed, <laughs> um, and my dad is hasn't been up here for many reasons being because it's so cold so um you know his first time will be a game so he'll get the great experience of just seeing what this place is like and I think that's something that I'm really looking forward to is that first game because everybody you know I was walking out of our last stadium lift with coach Bayless and we were just walking through the tunnel and for me it's like I'm every I think a lot of guys on this team it's like a kid in a candy shop it's the first that no matter how many times you do it there's just something about that that you know, seeing the championship banners and you know touching the sign, and um, I think it's you know he was just saying you have no idea until you come out here on a night game at seven o'clock and the place is just rocking and um, so I I'm, I'm that's you know gives me goosebumps thinking about it and like I'm most probably excited for that that first Saturday night.
1: Will you lobby to have the first play be a pass?
2: I think we'll we'll lobby for all the plays to be fast. (laughs) (laughs) There we go.
0: Spoken like a true quarterback. Sam, we appreciate it all the time, man. Best of luck with everything this year. You know, we'll be rooting for you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Go Irish. Boom. Money in the bank.